0: This is Sports Radio 100.9, The myth. You've waited patiently all day. Oh, wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay Region, we finally arrived. At the pay-off. the payoff from high school, whistling
1: inside with the two-hand flush
0: to college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros, dear Ben
2: Johnson. I deeply apologize for anything I said about you.
0: We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could watch. This is uncharted territory. And now here they are. It's, it's the, the payoff. pay-off.
2: Wednesday. What a day to be alive. The sun is shining. Snow is melting. First day of February. What a time to be here. We got a jam-packed show. I figured first day of February. Let's celebrate. Put together a bomb of a show, hopefully. Here's what we're going to do. We've got a power hour lined up, John. Pistons, wings, lions. Plans to get to all three teams in the next hour. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little reverse pyramid style today. I know everybody wants to talk about the Lions. Aaron Glenn's back. Ben Johnson's back. What are the expectations of this team in 2024? Next season. What's the bar? What's the ceiling? We're going to hit that later on in the show. That's the meat of the show we'll get in on the back end. Stay tuned for about 6 at about 6:30 we'll get to it. We're going to start with the little guy, which is the Detroit Pistons. Ah, uh, the little guy. Someone's got to look out for him, right? The trade deadline is 1 week from today. And I want to ask a question to everybody out there listening. Maybe nobody cares about the Pistons, that's fine. If you want to wait till the Lions, hang us hang out with us for 30 minutes we'll get to it. But the Pistons, are you optimistic or pessimistic that they're going to be able to get something done at the trade deadline. Now there's two ways you can look at this. You can think to yourself, well there's literally, quite literally no place to go but up from here. They have six wins. There's 37 games left. They have to put together some wins at some point. You have to go make a trade that will help the team. Hell, no team you no trade you can make can hurt the team, right? Well, then there's the pessimistic way to look at this thing. Troy Weaver is running this organization. Tom Gores is a ghost. He hasn't been seen or heard from in public in months. And then you have a coach that was handed the keys to the city, handed the keys to the organization, and this guy doesn't even have a license to drive. So if you don't have any trust in this organization, I don't blame you. If you think they're going to dig a deeper hole than they've dug themselves in, that's fine. That's fine. I really can't be mad at you for it, but I'm looking at this trade deadline and I'm starting to find some new rules based on the collective bargaining agreement heading into 2024. Not only is there a salary cap, there's now a salary cap floor. You have to spend a certain amount of money starting with the 2024 season. So for all this talk, you hear about, look how much cap space we have. I'm Troy Weaver. I have more cap space than everybody. Dude, you have to spend that money this offseason. And I promise you one thing, all those top free agents, LeBron James, Paul George, Drew Holiday, those guys aren't signing with Detroit. Those guys are not signing up to live in Detroit and play for this organization. It's just not happening. So you're going to have to, if you walk into the summer with all of this cap space, you know what you're going to end up doing? signing a bunch of C-minus players to contracts that they are not worth. Or, you give Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks massive contract extensions. Raise your hand if you want that to happen. Looking around, looking around, nobody. So you're looking at this trade deadline piece of it. And I start to think to myself, huh, the Pistons might have to be the first team in NBA history... To be buyers at the deadline. For a team that only has six wins, it's kind of bonkers, right, John? It has to be somewhat nuts that I'm saying this, right? Maybe I've gone crazy.
1: Usually when you have a losing record, you're a seller. Usually when you're historically bad, you're going to sell. But when you have all this cap room and the NBA is
2: what it is. They're forcing you to spend money. They're basically. That's what putting, you gotta do? The, the, the NBA's putting a bunch of alcohol in these GMs and be oh, nice. and sending them to the casino. You have to go spend money. It's oh, not yeah. like I'm just gonna sit here and watch. Ah, I'm, I'm here. I may as well play a couple hands at blackjack. Uh, no, of course. You gotta you gotta play. You gotta play to be able to win some money. So now that they're forcing them to do so, well, I'm looking at Troy Weaver like, man, you you have to do something at the deadline. Doing nothing, selling opening up your cap space even more heading into the offseason would be even more detrimental than, to this team than, say, I don't know, trading for Zach Levine, which on paper, I get it. It's not a contract you want to sign up for $40 million a year or more for the next three seasons after this year. It's a horrible contract. Everybody knows Zach Levine's not worth that much money. It's not a secret. The Bulls are better without him. They're simply better without him. He loses value every day when the Bulls keep winning without Zach Levine even on the floor. Quietly quit on them. Quietly quit on the Timberwolves. It's not worth $40 million. But guess what? No one's willing to give up big assets to get him. So there is a world out there where the Pistons can keep Cade, keep Ivy, keep Durin, keep Asar, keep whoever you want. And still somehow end up with Zach Levine. Because then you can kind of start to talk yourself into, okay, Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Zach Levine, Jalen Duran, Asar Thompson. That right there might be a five-man lineup I can get behind. It just might be. But there's also just as many people out there that want to blow it all up, restart, fire everybody, sell the team, restart, like... Quite literally, hit the reset button 500 million times in a row until everyone that has put on a Pistons jersey in the last calendar year is out the door. And I don't blame those people because you want to know what's ironic about the number 66, John? That's how many wins the Pistons have since Troy Weaver was hired. All but one other team has triple digits and we're sitting at the number 66. John, we could win out. Go 35-0 and 0 the rest of the way. And still wouldn't have as many wins as 28 other teams. So I understand the frustration there. I understand people not wanting Troy Weaver to have the car keys or the ability to pick up the phone and call other GMs. Because most of the time he's done that, he's gotten fleeced. You had to give away money to get rid of Marvin Bagley. This offseason, your big moves were signing Joe Harris and Monty Morris, trading for Joe Harris and signing Monty Morris. Those two have played a combined 19 games. So I understand the frustration with Troy Weaver. But I'm sitting here thinking to myself, oh my God, he has to make a move. He has to do something. It's not going to be Monty Williams. Nobody trusts that guy either, but he can't be the one to pick up the phone and make the trade. It's not his job. Tom Gore's he could be dead for the last three months and no one would have any idea because he doesn't show his face in public. So I asked the question, are you optimistic or are you pessimistic about the Pistons at the trade deadline? And are you open to the idea of them being buyers instead of sellers knowing yeah, they might overpay for someone here in the next week, trade deadline, February 8th. They might overpay for someone right now, but that's better than giving Alec Burks a $50 million extension. That's better than signing up for Bojan for another three years for the sole purpose of hitting that cap floor going into next season. The other question I want to ask regarding the Pistons is if you're one of those guys who wants to blow it up, which again, don't blame me for, who's untouchable? I see people out there saying that it's time to trade Cade. It's come to that point. I don't agree with that. But there's a good amount of people out there in that camp. Jaden Ivey, maybe the most polarizing player we have on the team. Asar Thompson, Jalen Duren. Which one of those guys is untouchable? Some would argue all four. Some would argue zero. Who are you taking calls for on this team? And don't text in Killian Hayes. Everybody wants Killian Hayes traded. Nobody wants that guy on this team besides Monty Williams, who for some reason wants Killian Hayes to marry his daughter. I don't understand it. But guess what? It's reality. So I've got two questions for the people. You guys can keep this thing rolling as long as you want. If nobody wants to talk about the Pistons, we'll move on to the Lions sooner than we planned. Got a bunch of stuff lined up. But if you guys want your chance to talk about the Pistons, here it is. 989-837-6125. That's the number to the Frick Sports Bar text line. You guys got to have fast thumbs today. Kirby Joseph type thumbs. Kirby Joseph on Twitter Type of responses because we've got all three teams. We're going to get to today. Wings lions pistons moving fast, fast show today. John faster than Kirby Joseph's thumbs on Twitter. It's pretty fast. Is the daughter thing true? No. Oh, you just pull. Okay. No, I'm just making things up, you oh. know, um, but everything Is that about to Say, I think that's our new lead. No, if that was actually the case no no john Sorry. you have to be able I'm not, to sense I'm not as the intertwined sarcasm and interconnected. you have to sense the sarcasm or else you're making me think i'm doing a bad job sometimes i sense it sometimes i don't boy this 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 celsius caffeine drink you got me is it's is working nice. mighty fine right now we,
1: we could actually give them a pub because
2: they're in the ballpark but uh i keep it at one who celsius in Should the ballpark it? oh we we sell them here is that what you're saying
1: You've During balloons
2: games, yes. You've completely lost me. Well. Derailed. The show has been derailed. Let's into get the it back. abyss, like the like the pistons. Let's get it back on track. 989-837-6125. Here are my two pistons questions. Are you optimistic or pessimistic at the deadline? And who are the untouchables in the next week? Monty. Or not Monty. Yeah. Get Monty out of here. Cade, Ivy, Durin, Asar. Which of those four guys are untouchable? Is it all four? Is it none? Is it two? Is it one? How's that little rhyme for you? There we go. You guys are listening to The Payoff. We have an express show planned out. Red Wings, Pistons, Lions. Let's get to it all. Oh me, oh my. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by forward energy.
0: The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay Region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Met.
2: Nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. Listen, I'm not saying I'd be a better GM than Troy Weaver, but I did cook up a fake trade right here on my computer in the last couple of minutes that uh <laughs> it's got my eyebrows it's got my eyebrows raised a little bit, if you know what I mean, John. Question for you. Okay.
1: What do you trust Weaver to do the most? Because I wouldn't trust him the draft. To draft but how do you trust him in the draft? He, the one pick he landed, it was because he had the first one overall, and he picked the, L- listen. the, the, he picked the person everyone else yes. would have picked in that spot. Yes.
2: First year, first year, he drafts Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart. Not really. We're not giving any flowers for that. But to be fair, I'll back him up. No, I'm not backing him up. But I will say everybody missed that draft. Bob Myers missed that draft. Okay. Warriors GM. He hits every year. It's the COVID year. the Who's the most notable player from that draft? Lamello. And, but no no one had any idea what was going on because you couldn't have in-person workouts. You were oh, basically, COVID. yes, you were blindly picking players. Not giving him a pass. Still, uh, Isaiah Stewart Killian Hayes, really? Not to mention you still don't have your pick from the Knicks because of that Isaiah Stewart deal. Like, no, that, that wasn't a good draft, but I will defend him in, in the ass sense. That, I mean, just wasn't a good draft, period. Next year, Cade Cunningham nailed it. But uh, like you said, everyone would have nailed it. Listen,
1: I'm not trying to like discredit that, but
2: if that's the one pick you
1: lean on, then I wouldn't call him a good drafter by any means.
2: The following year was fantastic though. You land Ivy and Durin. and say what you want about Ivy shooting 30% from three. I don't care. I really do feel like he's never going to hit his potential as long as he's under coach Monty Williams, who just doesn't like him for some reason. He has not figured he's had three months now, almost four months now, to try to figure out how to play Cade and Ivy next to each other, and he just has no idea how to do it. So I don't necessarily blame Troy Weaver for Monty not or for Jaden Ivy not hitting his potential. I don't blame Troy Weaver for drafting Jalen Dorian, who's excellent when he's on the floor, but struggles to stay on the floor. I think that was a great draft. And then I still like Asar Thompson, despite Monty Williams, again, who I, I... believe has become the front runner as the problem as to why this team's not winning. It's not his fault. He doesn't know how to use them. So I think Troy Weaver is pretty good in the draft for having a six win team. They just haven't been able to figure out rotations. I mean, it's not Troy Weaver's fault that last night I'm watching the game and in the fourth quarter, he's playing three guards, none of which are Cade and Ivy. Explain that. You have Alec Burks, Monte Morris, and Marcus Asser all playing. With like seven minutes left in the game. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Not to mention every single night, he's still throwing out five guys off the bench at the same time to play together. What do you you expect to happen? What I don't get, and I'm not
1: as into it as you are with this, but wouldn't Weaver and Monty talk?
2: You would think so. We act
1: like they don't talk, and if they don't talk, then that's...
2: Problem A. Yes. Well, maybe problem B after the fact that uh, Tom Gore's might not be a real person. We just don't hear from him.
1: But uh, even so, like the the owner, and and I get it. You know, you could say say what you want about his ownership. The GM and coach should have a working relationship, John. They don't like each other. Then that's a problem.
2: Like that can't happen. Troy Weaver was hired. The Bucks, who are a successful
1: team, all right. They 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 don't they don't agree with each other. One went out the door. And, and guess, then they brought in someone who is going to work better with the general manager. Troy and you are 30, or when that happens, we're
2: 30 and 13. Troy Weaver didn't want Monty Williams hired because he knew he would instantly be a bigger face in Detroit. That wasn't the guy he wanted to hire. Tom Gores overstepped Troy Weaver. I mean, not overstepped. He's the owner. He can do whatever he wants. Sure. And basically got on his hands and knees, begged for, Troy, uh, for Monty Williams to come coach the Pistons. Monty still said no. And then he slapped $100 million on the table and said, now will you be our coach? And he said, sure. Monty Williams might just quit after this season. That's just as likely as him getting fired. He might just not want to be here anymore. But got it's not bad. worth it. It's not worth it. You did not ever want him to be the coach. At the beginning of the season, when Troy Weaver tried to, tried to trade Killian Hayes, guess what happened? Monty Williams said, no, Killian Hayes is actually going to start for us and play like 30 minutes a game because this is our dude. And guess which one got the final say, when it came to what was going to happen. Monty Williams, the head coach, is getting paid $100 million. They don't have a working relationship. So you're right. That's a massive problem that is yet to be fixed. And if I had to pick one of them to stay, honestly, it'd probably be Troy Weaver, which is pretty nuts considering the stat I just read about 66 wins. It's as many wins as Troy Weaver has since being hired. 18 less than every other team. Hell, 40 less than all but 29 teams. It's just a mess of what's going on. And I think, yes, do I think it roots from the top? The owner? 100,000%. But he's not going to sell the team. He's just in over his head. In December, when they were in the middle of their 28-whatever-game losing streak, you know what he promised us? Change. You know what's yet to happen? Any change. Fires. You have to be. Because if you do nothing, you walk into the summer with more cap space than anybody else, you lose. Because you have to spend the money. And no big-time free agents are coming. They don't want to. Therefore, you're going to have to spend a massive amount of money. You're going to have to give Bojan Bogdanovich $175 million. Anybody willingly want to do that? He's a good player, but nobody's signing up for that. Until you're forced to, because there's a cap floor. So I asked the question, is anyone actually optimistic that they can figure this thing out? And again, who are the untouchables? Cade, Ivy, Duran, Asar. Which one of those guys, uh, which of those guys are you just not sending anywhere? In an ideal situation, if you ask me, it's all four. But this isn't an ideal situation. This is a mess. This is the, com- the commanders of the NBA. Who's the worst team in hockey? Who's, the, who's just the worst run organization.
1: Uh, it shifts from year to year. I would say this just is the A's of-, of
2: baseball or the A, the Oakland A's <laughs> of uh, the Las Vegas A's, I guess now. That's what this is in the NBA. They're not moving. They're not selling their team yet, but <laughs> there's people out there that want them to. Yeah. Because of the lack of success and as ridiculous as it sounds, I, it's gotten to the point where I just can't even stand up for this guy, these guys anymore. I just
1: can't do you it. You shouldn't, Ben. They're six and forty-one. I know. All right. So let's let's put a o- positive uptick on this. What's your hypothetical trade here, buddy boy? Mr. Your GM tomorrow. Listen. Gores is like, hey, I'm
2: want to be the jail? Yeah, let's ben? let this uh radio kid make calls. Can't be worse than uh, what, That'd be great. what Troy Weaver's doing. Then, um, you, then you get another radio host, not me, to to coach. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Um all right, so I'm first of all, I'm calling the Knicks and saying any, All right. Yeah, I'm calling your Knicks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm James Dolan. What's up? Give us our first round pick back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we need <laughs> What do you want to get that pick back? We'll Cunningham. take him. Get the hell out and of here. And we're going to put him on the bench. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Who have you been trying to trade away for years? Evan Fournier. Because his contract is maybe the worst in the NBA. My favorite player on the we'll team. We'll take him. If you send that first round pick to Atlanta, So we're essentially sending our own first round pick that the Knicks own to Atlanta, which keeps getting kicked down the road because it's protected top 10 protected, I think. And every time we get a top 10 pick, it goes to the next year until it eventually turns into two, two second round picks. Now, if that just becomes unprotected, Atlanta gets that pick. Atlanta also would receive Joe Harris for salary purposes and Alec Burks. They're essentially blowing it up. Atlanta gets a pick. New York gets Boyan Bogdanovich to help out your guys' squad. I like that. The the Pistons bring on Evan Fournier just for (laughs) cap, and they also get DeAndre Hunter. Wow. Nice young player, can play defense a lot better than Bojan can. You basically just sub in a younger version and more athletic, higher upside than Bojan Bogdanovich. DeAndre Hunter's been lost in Atlanta because uh, because Trey Young and DeJounte Murray just can't figure it out together. It's your turn, my turn, basketball. Everyone else is suffering because of it. You actually get a real starter if you bring DeAndre Hunter in.
1: There you go. Both of them would come off the bench, though, if I'm Leon Rose and James Dolan. Uh, of course on. you are. Well, I wouldn't miss, I wouldn't disrupt this Knicks starting five. I mean, Randall's hurt right now. I get that, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I'm disrupt not asking their starting you to five. Don't start Bojan. Don't start Hunter either. You're not getting Hunter. Oh, Hunter's going to Atlanta?
2: Hunter plays for Atlanta right now. Uh Hunter's coming to Detroit. That's what I thought.
1: Oh, Hunter's going to Detroit. So all all the Knicks are getting is Bo... Bo, Bojan and you get off the Evan Fournier contract. For a first-round pick? What are you, off your rocker? No chance. Hey. A bench piece and... All right, Fournier. And you act like, oh, the Knicks need to to shed his contract. Then
2: keep this first-round pick and have two second-round picks. That's what this essentially is going to turn into. Wait, I we the that Knicks first, gave the Pistons. The first round pick that the that the Knicks own from Detroit turns into two second round picks, I believe, down the road because it just keeps getting kicked down the road because the Pistons keep kicking uh, picking in the top 10 because of their in, in- incompetency. Yes. I mean, you, wow. got, you got Imagine me tripping, no lottery. you got me tripping over my words. I'm so,
1: so so if new so if if there was no lottery, the Knicks would hold the first pick in the draft right now? Um, Cuz they have Detroit's first rounder for this year.
2: Yes, but it's protected. So no. It's protected,
1: so you know what that word means. I, 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 a protected first round. Pick. Oh, yes. oh, protected from what spot?
2: I, I believe top ten.
1: Okay, but that's because there's a lottery. I'm saying if there wasn't a lottery, it'd be the number one pick. Sure, but okay, sure. That'd be hilarious. Damn lottery,
2: man. Nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line next. Are you optimistic about the Pistons? Still lions to get to. We're coming up on that real quick. Stay tuned on the payoff fueled by forward energy.
0: Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports radio, 100.9. The bit 989,
2: 6125 seven, six, one, two, five. Let's take a look at the Frick sports bar text line. Jeremy from Beaverton chiming in again. We asked the question, are you optimistic or pessimistic? that The Pistons are going to be able to do something at the trade deadline. I'm not going to lie, John, while you're out, Brad's leaving and I, I'm just chatting with him about the Pistons and he says, is it really that crazy that the Pistons could go 17 and 20 the rest of the way? And I looked at him and said, yeah, it is.
1: I appreciate that from Brad because he is as straight laced and realistic when looking at a lot of facets of life, Except, the- <laughs> but with the Pistons, he is as delusional as any fan, which is great. I love it. I, I appreciate it from him because it, it's, you know, it's showing the fandom side of him. He is absolutely delusional. It's great. <laughs> it's great. I, and, and I don't blame him. It's a team you grow up with and, and you're trying to think of different ways. And if this falls and whatever, I, I don't blame anyone around here, given the success of other teams to be completely checked out.
2: Brad's going home and rebuilding them I, on 2K, I, isn't I mean,
1: he? I, I, I checked out, you know, growing up in New York, checked out of the Knicks when they went through theirs and they never you know were 6 and 41 bad but i checked out of them because it's just it wasn't worth it they're mediocrity it wasn't worth it
2: they were mediocrity the pistons are just this ne- mediocrity but yes yeah the they, the pistons might set the record this year which is crazy because they have a such a they have a more talented team than i think a handful of teams in the nba they just can't figure it out because their coach does not know how to put lineups together and they have a gm that doesn't care or or at least has been told He's not as important as the coach and an owner who doesn't care. Eh. What are you going to do? Frick sports bar text line. What are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything. I'm going (laughs) to sit here and wait for the Pistons to do something in the next six days. Uh, Jeremy from Beaverton chiming in. How's it going, Jeremy? Jeremy says, I know it's a local show (laughs) and it's still football season. Don't give that dreadful owner any conversation. He wins if we do that, though. If we don't talk about how bad this team is and Tom Gores gets to walk around wherever he lives, who who knows where that is. If he just gets to go about his day without anyone saying anything about the Pistons, he wins. Nothing's ever going to change. We have to bring light to this. We haven't talked about the Pistons in months. So I think this is the first time we're talking about the Pistons on the new calendar year. Absolutely. And still nobody wants to hear about it. Nope. That's how sad this organization has become. It's a killer. Like, do you know how awesome it'd be for the Lions season to end this late into the year and the Pistons and Wings are just cruising? One of them is. One of them's in a playoff spot. (gasps) Preview for later. Um, (laughs) Nathan Matt chiming in to the Frick Sports Bar text line. Again, you guys can text in 989-837-6125. They'll just buy or trade bad contracts and acquire more draft capital. It sounds nice. The Pistons have had top 10 draft picks Year in and year out. The past four years. But you trusted. Translate it into nothing. If yes. we get a new coach, I think it might help in of some sort. So you think so analyzing the
1: draft picks, Durin, Hayes, forgetting the other ones, Thompson last year. Yep. It's a Monty problem why they're not reaching their full potential right now. Yes. Solely.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what are, you, what are you supposed to do if you're Jaden and Ivey and Killian Hayes is, I mean, I mean, it's flipped a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but for three months to start the year, Killian Hayes again, 28 minutes a game and Jaden and Ivey's burying on the bench. What do you want him to do? He's never going to hit his full potential if that's the case. And everybody with eyes that has turned a Pistons game on for the last three years knows Killian Hayes isn't the long-term answer as the other guard next to Cade Cunningham. But for some reason, Monty Williams needed to be sure of himself. Is that a joke? Last point on this, by
1: the way, because I just pulled up the box score because, yes, I won't lie to you, I did not watch that game last night. Don't blame you. Mike Muscala only got four minutes. They started him, and he Uh, only played four minutes and then didn't come back. That's That's awesome.
2: That's that's our key to get (laughs) on to the next thing. (laughs) There's no way that happened. Uh, That is actually what happened. It happened, yeah. If you watch long enough, you'll see five guys from the bench all playing at the same time. Good for him. Well, did he get hurt? Yes.
1: Oh, okay. Because I was about to say, if they just played him for four minutes, or like, oh, this is awful, and sat down.
2: Sat him down, that'd be cool. This is this is really bumming me out. Uh, you know what doesn't bum me out. Making some money.
0: Maybe. There we go. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up.
2: Well, while we're on the topic of the NBA, while we're on the topic of the new your New York Knicks. Oh, yes. I'm going to bring them into the mix. Wow. Knicks are 17 and five at home this year. They're two and a half point favorites over the Pacers who have struggled with size, struggled with great defensive teams. Listen, since training for OG Ananobi, Knicks are 14 and two. Best defensive rating in the league since making that deal. I'll take the Knicks to cover at home against this Pacers team. That's kind of just eh against teams above 500. They themselves are 500 against Team above 500.
1: Yeah, I was I was hoping to give you something different with mine, but I'm going to tail Ben. I already placed a bet earlier today. I, I did it at minus three. You could probably get it minus two and a half, depending on whatever book you use. Yeah, they're just... I, I, I'm watching them. They're good. And you I know don't how care I that said I, I was Randall. out? They're pulling me back in because... And I can't say I'm watching beginning to end, but I'll throw them on.
2: And they, they, they've been very entertaining. No Randall. Uh, no Julius Randall. He popped his shoulder. He's going to be out for a little bit, but yes, he he was already hurt. Now it's two to three weeks confirmed, but but, But, Pacers don't have any size anyway, so I'll be taking the Knicks at home. Keep them hot. And that
0: was lock of the day. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up.
2: All right. We got to get into the the uh, the Lions a little bit because the news of the day was Aaron Glenn is back. Washington hires Dan Quinn to be their next head coach. Aaron Glenn now coming back to Detroit. The Lions have the two, uh, two of the longest ten-year coordinators in the NFL. They're the only team in the NFL that has two coordinators that have been there for three seasons. Experience. It's important. But before we get into that, we have to talk about the Wings, which we don't do very often. But football season ends, and all of a sudden we've got a hockey team in the playoffs as of today. All star weekend this weekend. We go into the break. The Red Wings had the best month in the last 12 years this January 9 2 and 2, 20 total points. They have a six point cushion over the next wild, uh, the team closest to them to take that last wild card spot. Your New York Islanders. How do, how do New York teams keep getting posted Not my this?
1: New York Island. Never say that again. Ranger fan uh, over here. Rangers fan. I um, can Oh, my goodness. I don't even want to look at you. Uh, all the New York, you, you know, New ben, York you're, teams you're, all the You know, same. Ben, you're Michigan State Spartans.
2: Yeah, that's how it feels, bro. Don't ever say I'm, that again. I'm, I'm stunned. <laughs> don't ever. I'm canceling the rest of the show. Do it. Um. But the wing, they are just cruising. out. I know they lost last night, which was a brutal loss because you hate losing to Ottawa. That's kind of been the rivalry of the wings the last couple of years. And it got even risen up another level in December when they knocked out Dylan Larkin out cold on the ice. I projected the game to be a little chippy. I expected a few fights. It was a clean fight. NHL. You told me earlier, it's just not the same league as it once was.
1: There's more player safety precautions. There's more suspensions and Larkin. I watched the the NHL for fights. (laughs)
2: Larkin can't do it in the NBA. want to see fights when I turn on hockey. And sometimes it gets to
1: that level. But Larkin, who, yeah, got concussed by the Ottawa Senators and I'm sure wanted to get revenge. What did he do last night?
2: Scored a goal. He scored a goal.
1: That's what he does. He's not going to get into fights. That's what his teammates are for, and 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 they know to better protect him. And it wasn't a protection issue. They went after him once he got upended and, and got concussed in, in that game a couple weeks ago, or at this point, I guess more than a month ago. But he, he did what he did. He, he scored a goal. That's, that's what he's paid to do. It's unfortunate just looking, because we previewed at the beginning of the season, and I told you that... I expected the Atlantic to be better than the Metro, and that's been the case because you have Boston and Florida who would both be tops in the Metropolitan, 1-2 in the Atlantic. Right now, if the Red Wings were in the Metropolitan, they'd be the third-place base, third place team. Mm-hmm. They're better than Philly, yep. who, who's guaranteed a playoff spot. So the Red Wings, is, say the season ended today, would get the wild card but have actually more points than the third-best team in the Metropolitan, the Flyers, which has actually been
2: a bit of a surprise that think, Philly's that good. Think but, about how lucky we are for this. I mean, the Lions make it all the way to the NFC Championship. Mm -hmm. And where do we get to pick up the following week? Hockey Town's got a team in the playoffs. I mean, we said at the beginning of the season, we said in October, this has to be what happens. We have to be watching meaningful hockey towards the end of the season. And we even said, to make the playoffs is going to be an uphill battle with how good the East is. But guess what? We're in the All-Star break. And this team is in a playoff spot. The Iser plan that everyone's been talking about for years has finally come to fruition. They bring in guys like to bring it. They bring in guys that have helped this team. This team now has an identity. They score a lot of goals. And now we've got this goalie, Alex Lyon, who's the second best save percentage in the NFL. Where did we find this guy? Out of a, Under a rock. He's the third goalie to start the year. Now he's the second best save percentage in the NFL. NHL there was talks that this guy could have been our all-star. They've completely changed who they were even in the last 30 days because prior to the start of the new season, it was they score a lot of goals, but they give up a lot of goals when they win games. It's like five, four, four, three, six, four. Now in January, they've fixed up the defense a little bit and all of a sudden look what happens. You go nine, two, and two, 20 points, I believe that's the third highest total in January for all teams in the NHL. Best month in the Red Wings for the last 12 years. you got a playoff team in Detroit, man. Don't forget about this team.
1: Yeah, and it's not obviously the perfect time to get hot. That's later in the season and after the All-Star break, but not the worst time to get hot, especially because what's trailing them isn't formidable. Because, okay, right now Toronto and them are, are tied, so they're... Tied and have those final two wild card spots. What's behind them? The Islanders at 52 points. Islanders fired their coach. Lane Lambert was fired for Patrick Waugh. And maybe Patrick Waugh can rejuvenate the Islanders and they have a postseason type roster, but you fire your coach midseason. It's it's tough to turn that around. Pittsburgh had a great start to the year, but their aging veterans, they're starting to fall off finally. It's been, you know, 15 years of sustained success, and they're not completely off, but They're going to have to make a deal uh, at the deadline and they might trade Jake Gunsell because they're not going to trade him eight and a half, uh, sign him for eight and a half million dollars. That's what they wanted, or that's what he wants, and that's what I don't think he's going to get from the Penguins. He might get that elsewhere. So you're fighting off Pittsburgh and the Islanders and then Buffalo. And Pittsburgh is playoff success and I think could have a better second half of the season. And the Islanders have been there the last couple of years, but Buffalo doesn't in your division. So you don't really have to worry about your division because you've separated yourselves by 10 points. So as long as you play above average hockey, just based on the way things are aligned right now, you're going to sneak into the wild card, which we told you at the beginning of the year was was the ceiling for this team. The ceiling was the wild card because everyone, no matter where you get your hockey news projected buffalo to be better than detroit in that aspect they're not even montreal for some the ceiling from those analy- from those experts was the wild card spot and that's where they are right now
2: so the red wings are hitting their ceiling whereas their floor was not make the playoffs the 2024 yes. lions obviously their ceiling is a super bowl but what is their floor what are the expectations of them that's next on the payoff fueled by forward energy
0: more of the Great Lakes Bay Region's only local sports show. Back to the
2: payoff. 989-837-6125. Listen, I got a real important question to end the show. And it's gonna roll right into tomorrow. Although there's no football on this weekend, we're still gonna have a full football Friday. Just letting you guys know that right now. You got the Pro Bowl, buddy boy. Uh sure. <laughs> Flag football's on. I, that's like one of the things I promise you I will not be doing this weekend Woo! is watching the football, uh, the Pro Bowl is yep. an awful product. Um, my question for everybody is how confident are you that the Lions can run things back? Aaron Glenn, we find out today is returning. He's the third longest tenure defensive coordinator in the NFL tied with Steve Spagnola for the chiefs and Cincinnati's Lou. Anarumu. Anarumu. <laughs> you keep going. I'll circle back. Um, ben Johnson going into his third season. This this caught me off guard. Tied for this first, longest tenure of all offensive coordinators in football. Grandy, he's tied with six other coaches, but three seasons, that's all it takes to be the longest tenured OC? You bring back both those guys, which I feel like is rare in today's NFL. Clearly, you go to the NFC Championship, you have a top five offense two years in a row. Aaron Glenn's the most loved coach in football, according to the little survey they sent out to all the players, and somehow you maintain to get those guys back. I told everyone this earlier this week, if these guys come back, you know who gets all the credit? Dan Campbell. People love being around him. People love him as the leader. Not to mention, they've got unfinished business. Now, what is that unfinished business? It's a Super Bowl. Now, my question for everybody is this. Is it arrogant to think the floor, maybe not, that, maybe not the floor, but the expectation is go to the Super Bowl next year. Because if you ask me, we're now in an era of Lions football. That is, if you don't win the Super Bowl, the season was a failure. Now, last year, they succeeded expectations. I think everyone wanted a playoff win, and everyone would have been okay with that. You break the curse, everything else is house money. Now that you've broken the curse... There is no moral victories. There is no, well, we had a fun season. No, you're just like every other team in the NFL now. You got to go win a Super Bowl.
1: It might be just looking back at this past weekend, but I think the expectation should be making the championship game. I just don't know how you put them over the 49ers right now. Now, San Francisco yeah. loses a good bit of their core.
2: Okay. So San Francisco's not no cap space,
1: but I, I get that. I get that. The Lions but they were somehow, there last year and then are back again this year. I'm I know, that's, that's I know. the thing. The if, Lions, if San Fran goes into next year as the favorite, then it's okay. Yeah. Get to the championship round. I think would be satisfaction. And then you have to do what you couldn't do this year.
2: I think I saw, I, I could be wrong. So don't, don't start tweeting at me that I'm wrong on this. Um, I think I saw going into next year, the lion had the fourth best odds, To win the Super Bowl. Probably makes sense. They lost in the championship game. And they're going to return 17 starters minimum. Yes. Minimum 17 starters are returning of the 22 possible guys. Not to mention you have the seventh most cap space in all of football to go add on to the starters you're losing. Whether it's C.J. gardner Johnson, whether it's another linebacker, please a pass rusher or a (laughs) corner, you have money to spend. Which is why I think it's a no-brainer. you got to bring back the two offensive linemen that are free agents, both guards, Graham Glasgow and Jonah Jackson. More Mm. on that tomorrow. But you have to. You have to go spend that money. You're all in now. Super Bowl or bust. It's what it has to be. You have the seventh most cap space. 49ers are basically out of money. Cowboys, you know they'll spend the dime. To bring back, they'll overpay anybody. And somehow the Lions still have all their picks too. Brad Holmes has been excellent at drafting since he's been here. And it's the reason they have all this cap space. Because all their good players didn't come from free agent acquisitions. Came from drafting. And because of that, you have all your picks. You have a ton of cap space. And you have the fourth youngest team in football. There's no reason to not expect to go to the Super Bowl next year. That has to be the expectation, right? Or is that arrogant to say?
1: I wouldn't call it arrogant. And the odds update second best in the NFC, fifth overall on the book I use, one of the two main ones. 49ers best one. Can I guess? Sure. 49ers are the best. uh, Chiefs? Chiefs? Yes. Ravens? Yes. And there's one AFC team. Bills? Correct. That's stupid. And the Lions and Bengals have the same odds. A team that didn't
2: make the playoffs this year, I might add. Uh, Luckily for the Lions, there's no... Because Burrow got hurt. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Luckily for the Lions, I mean, you think the Cowboys... Could possibly be regressing, losing their defensive coordinator, getting older on the offensive line. Eagles, uh, Eagles are such a question mark at this point. San Fran's not getting any younger, and they don't have any money to spend. Yet somehow they figure out a way to get themselves into the mix every single year. Listen, I, 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 listen. on Monday when we came in here all depressed and mopey and we were shuffling our feet around, I said, That was probably the best opportunity the Lions would ever have to go to a Super Bowl. Up 17 points in an NFC Championship game. You're probably never getting handed that again. Now I'm looking at this like, you're bringing back both coordinators? I mean, I I said that on Monday, expecting to lose at the very least one of them. Now you're bringing back both? Because they want uh, Ben Johnson wants to be here. Aaron Glenn, I think he just simply didn't get a job. But Ben Johnson wants to be here. All these players want to come back. And I think the exact same way you saw Ben Johnson voluntarily come uh, back to Detroit, you're going to see a lot of free agents that maybe want to take pay cuts to come play for Detroit, guys that are already here. You might see a bunch of free agents that come call and ask their agents, hey, what do I got to do to get to Detroit? I want to be a part of what they're building. And I think, like I said, All the credit in the world goes to Dan Campbell for that one. That's the guy. Maybe he's not an X's and O's, guys. Maybe he makes some bad decisions on the football field. Who cares? Well, I mean, everybody cares about that. But you have have to think, if everyone wants to come back, this is going to be a team ready to go to work again. This is going to be a team that's ready to compete for and on their Super Bowl. That's where I'm at with this. I I really do think they're going to run it back. I think they're going to get it done next year. Maybe not. I'm not going to predict they win the Super Bowl, but they're going to put themselves in a situation where they can run it back. Both things
1: can be true of what you laid out. This past weekend could be their best opportunity because just hypothetical rematch a year from now, the only difference where you would have the advantage or a better opportunity than being up 17 and a half would be being the home team in a yeah. hypothetical NFC championship game, right? That's the only I, thing
2: I think you can and, landscape out. So and I'll say this right now. I said it when the playoffs started. The Lions are not losing a playoff game inside of Ford Field. It's not happening. So in order to do that, the number one seed has to be the goal. Yep. And
1: if you're the second best odds going into next year, the one hurdle is being better than San Francisco. And hoping the Packers don't, you know. San Francisco seems
2: very fragile. They seem one injury, like... Dude, they're one win away from Champions Yeah, I know. I know. And they're favored in the game. But when Debo's out, or Christian McCaffrey's out, or George Kittle's out, or how about this? Everything's not perfect. That team cracks. They were down 17 and a half in one, Ben. And everyone was healthy. I get
1: that, but that, I mean, you could say the health part, sure, but oh, everything's not perfect. Everything wasn't perfect. And the main criticism San Fran had coming into this season, and even through the playoffs, were... And this team hasn't faced adversity, and the only time they did a year ago, they lost, right to the eventual NFC champion a that year was ago, the Eagles. extreme
2: circumstances, the, but so yes.
1: Back to back weeks, they came back in the divisional rounds, and in the championship game. Nine
2: eight nine eight three seven six one two five. Do you expect the Lions to be able to run it back? Jeremy from Beaverton chiming in. Have to? Question mark. Why? Draft good again and go back at it. Expecting to go back to the NFC Championship is crazy. This league doesn't just let you go back. You heard Campbell after the game. They don't have to spend money. You know, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, you could you could sit with the same roster and you're gonna be fine. But why not go out? Like, why not spend money? You don't have to do anything if you're Brad Holmes. You're gonna have a good team next year. Why not go spend money? What's the incentive to not? What's the incentive to just have a ton of cap space that you're not spending? What's the incentive to not go and be buyers at the deadline next year and do something like San Francisco's done the last two years? I know Chase Young didn't work out really this year, but what they do two years ago at the deadline? They brought in Christian McCaffrey. I'm not saying you go trade for a running back, obviously, but bring in someone like that next trade deadline. You have to be all in next year. Every opportunity is precious. And I think that's kind of what Jeremy's saying. Like, yeah, it's tough to say... They're guaranteed to go back to the NFC Championship. That's not what I'm saying. But they're going to give themselves a pretty good shot if they go spend the money. And you nail the draft, you spend money in free agency, you make trades, be aggressive is all I'm saying. And you're going to give yourself a real shot. No, this league just doesn't let you back into the championship. And if you go look at that full quote by Campbell, he's not saying that we're not going to get back. He's basically saying, would you like to play it? Oh my gosh, we have
0: it? Yes. <laughs> Play it. Well, look, I told those guys, this may have been all we shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the offseason, and we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. It's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up. You know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, which is fine, which is fine. So it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity. And we, we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out.
2: I mean, yeah, everybody in the division is going to want a piece of the Lions. Think more than anybody, the Vikings, who feel like their season got taken away by Kirk Cousins' injury. It's so funny. Oh, if you want to just crack yourself up, or if you're sensitive, if, you, if you're one of those people who can't resist, but to type on Twitter, <coughs> Kirby Joseph, to go check out Vikings Twitter. It's hilarious. They're convinced they still won the division. They're convinced they're still the NFC North champions. It's hilarious. Lions are good for one year, and they can't handle it. Anyway, the division's going to be tough next year. To say that they win the division, I don't I don't think it's a lock. Every team's gonna be going into next season expecting to win it. If uh, unless the Bears decide to trade Justin Fields, maybe that's a different circumstance, but for the most part, the Packers think they can win it. The Vikings, if they re-sign Kirk Cousins, think they can win it.
1: After what Stroud be did this year, Bears could have that expectation too if Williams hits.
2: Yeah, I, 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 to put that kind of expectation. No, on I'm the not saying it's the expectation, is, but is, it Beyond wasn't the expectation me,
1: in Houston, and that's
2: what happened. Yeah, I know, but you can't. Ex-
1: no, it's not. The, I, I I'm. I'm. I'm not saying it's the expectation. I'm just saying that that happened this year. <laughs> Thank you. And they're going to have the number one pick and this generational type quarterback at their disposal,
2: potentially. 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 Um. That, I I really do think the Lions. They're going to be hungry. I don't think the motivation is going to be a problem. Because you heard Campbell say after the game, if we're not motivated, if we don't have the same grind, then none of this matters at all. They're going to be just fine. They're going to be just fine. Because now it's it's, it, we know what the goal is. The goal is no longer let's win the division. Close to win the effing Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll be back then. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Full, you full, will. Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. You've got high school basketball to starts cover. It starts at 6.50, so we'll have 50-minute
1: payoff tomorrow. Who are you covering? It is Bullet Creek and Nouvelle
2: Catholic Central. Ooh, Good game in the boys' ranks. All right, there you guys have it. Football Friday tomorrow. Lions, full off-season guide. What do they need? What are their priorities? We'll make sure it's another Football Friday. All right, there you have it. That was the payoff. I hope it was worth it.